Today we'll be looking at Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they could set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments, that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Good morning. It is so good to see you all here today. And I want to thank our pastor for letting me preach on one of the big three services. You know, there's Christmas, Easter, and Mother's Day. So I'm so thankful for the opportunity uh, to do that. I also want to thank you all. I love our church family. And last week, Pastor Lynn, at the beginning of his welcome, told you to text me or Jenny and message us and tell us how much you missed us. And uh, you, you, many, many of you reached out just to say you were praying for us, can't wait to see us, and we're thankful to be back in Arkansas. And uh, so contrary to maybe some of your thoughts, we weren't staying in California. I mean, there were two little boys, Eli and Wyatt, that, that, that probably wanted us to stay, but but we're thankful to be back with our church family. I'm thankful to have my own bed. Amen? Nothing like coming back from vacation than sleeping in your own bed, your own pillow. Ah, oh, nothing like it. But uh, thank you so much for uh, all the calls, texts, Facebook messages. Uh, it really meant a lot to me and Jenny. And uh, thank you. We love you. And we have felt the love from you all. Since day one, we've been here in September, and you've made us all feel very, very welcome. So thank you. Moms, you're awesome. I love my mom. So mom, if you're watching this morning, happy Mother's Day. I did Facebook Messenger last night, and uh, we kind of video chatted, because normally my normal routine of every Sunday when it's Mother's Day is uh, before I even come to church, I went ahead and I called mom to tell her happy Mother's Day. Well... I didn't want to wake her up at four in the morning. There's a little time difference from Arkansas to California. So I said, well, I better, I'll, I'll jump start because I got to beat my sister to it because I am the favorite. So I called mom last night and told her uh, happy Mother's Day. And uh, my mom means the world to me. And uh, so, you know, somewhat some of the man that I am today, I thank my mom for loving me unconditionally. Because trust me, under all the dyed hair she has, there's a lot of gray, and I caused it. So uh, my mom's great. This morning, uh, as we honor mothers, 
And I, was, I, was, it's, I, I did want to do just a typical Mother's Day sermon on, you know, Timothy's mom and grandma, or, you know, I've, I've done Mother's Day sermons on Hannah or Lydia. I thought I wanted to do something a little different. So I, 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 I thought about, and I read Psalm 78, and I appreciate Tim reading that this morning, uh, lessons my mother taught me. And so this morning I want to share with, with you some lessons that moms have taught their children. Some of them do apply to me. Some of them apply to others, and you'll see as we go along here. But, but first of all, my mother taught me logic. You may have heard this. You may have said this yourself. If you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. <laughs> now, that seems pretty logical, right? Now, the next one, before I switch the slide, I, I need to I need to build this up a little bit. So if you miss Sunday nights, you miss a blessing. Our, <laughs> our worship pastor is the king of dad jokes, okay? So usually some, some you know, some point during the, the, the service, right before he, you know, the preaching, he, he comes up with this elaborate long story and it ends to be in a dad joke. And so, my mother taught me humor. This is from Pastor Aaron. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. From Pastor Aaron's mom. <laughs> Mrs. Evans, I'm sorry. Aaron did not get your humor. You tried. You really did. Anyway, we shall move on. My mother taught me genetics. You're just like your father. Anybody relate? All right. Really, if you put my dad and myself side by side, we could be brothers. He just has, well, he doesn't have to use hair product. Let's just put it that way. I have more hair. My mother taught me anticipation. You just wait until your father gets home. My mom used that a lot. And it did strike the fear of God in me. Because I learned a trick with mom. My sister taught it to me. She goes, you know, if mom comes to spank you, just start laughing. She'll giggle with you. So I did. What I did not realize, Wes, wait till your father gets home. He finished it. It wasn't good. My mother taught me receiving. You're going to get it when you get home. Ouch. Usually it was at the store when I'd act up. My mother taught me religion. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> right? My mom taught me stamina. You'll sit there until all that spinach is finished. Now, I have to admit, I was very impressed yesterday. Uh, we had a little surprise party for my lovely wife. She turned, she's going to be 29 tomorrow. Now, granted, our daughter's going to be 30 this year. I don't know how that happened, but she never ages. Or as I put a little sign, she's aged to perfection. Did I get points? <laughs> but there was a, one of the young men, small, was eating his, eating his broccoli. That was impressive. Mom didn't have to say, you have to sit there until you finish your broccoli. But spinach, mm, I don't know. You'll sit there until you finish your spinach. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. 
That's one of my favorites. But this one's even better. The last one, my favorite, my mother taught me justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Then you'll see what life is like. I can't wait. It's the curse. Now, granted, I said that to my children as well. Someday you're going to have kids, and you'll know. Right, moms? They'll know. Oh, moms are wonderful. I'm thankful for our moms. Our moms teach us a great deal. In fact, moms have the opportunity to transform their children's lives, set them on a course for greatness in the Lord. In fact, when you think about our church, I love that Faith NLR is a life-changing church. And as a life-changing church, then you would think then that our families ought to be life-changing families. Absolutely. And moms, you are essential and critical to the life change of your children. So I want you to think about this this morning. Mom, what will your legacy be? You know, many times we, we go to memorial services, celebrations of life, and, and you know, as, as their children, you know, stand and they begin to reflect on their parents, you know, dads usually, what I hear a lot from dads is, you know, um, dad, dad just was a hard worker. He had a good work ethic. But you know what I want to hear my children say about me? That I love Jesus. You know, for moms, we might say, you know, mom always there was provided for us. Mom cared for us. She was always cooking, cleaning. You know, mom was just there. She was dependable. But moms, what, what could be a greater testimony to your life than your children saying, they pointed me to Jesus? Is there really any greater task as a parent than ensuring that our children have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I really want to look at two principles. If, 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 Mom, if you're going to leave a legacy, there are two things that would be wonderful for your child to say about you, or Dad, I'm, you're, you're not out of the woods. Even though it's Mom's Day, you're included. Is that she taught me what great things God has done. Psalm 78 is a declaration of, of, of what, as parents, we are to instill in our children. And are there any greater stories, any greater principles that we can pass on to our children than those from God's Word? No. In the psalmist, he says, we will not hide them from their children but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. Now, you may be sitting here this morning saying, well, what has God actually done? Jesus came to this world to save sinners like you and me. Since the beginning of the Bible, we see in Genesis chapter 3 that, that as the decision of Adam and Eve was made to rebel against God, sin has been passed on from generation to generation. And the challenge that parents have had is instilling in their children that it's always better to choose God, to seek God, than to rebel against Him. 
And sin has been passed on from generation to generation. And if we do not know Christ, after this life are some serious, serious consequences to be eternally separated from God in a place that many people don't want to talk about, but suffering in hell. I believe in literal hell. But to, but to know Jesus is about salvation and life, and after we pass from this life, we will be in the presence of God our Father where there will be no more pain, no more death, no more suffering. Eternally at peace and worshiping God. Now, which shall we choose? Now, parents, I, I will tell you this. All we can do is set our children on the right course. It's their decision if they choose to follow. It really is. But moms, you are critical in setting your children on the right course. And so wouldn't it be wonderful if your child says, she taught me what great things God has done, that God came into the world to save a sinner like me. Mom taught me that. That would be wonderful and a blessing. So think about this. It is the responsibility of parents to make God known to their children. To make God known to their children. He says in verse 5, He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers to teach to their children. God has entrusted to us as parents to teach them about our Creator, our Savior. Several years ago, Jenny and I and our family, kids were a little smaller then, bought a golden retriever. I love golden retrievers. They, they're, they're great family pets. We're dog lovers. And so we went to this house that was, um, the family was German Baptist. If you're not familiar with German Baptist in California, uh, I liken them to Amish, but with cars instead of buggies. Um, a lot of their clothing are handmade. Uh, even though they drive vehicles, there will be no radios. They have no television in their homes. Uh, the wives usually wear a bun, but they are very devout Christians, so, this family, very large family, I don't know, they might have had seven, eight children, nine, ten, I don't know, a baker's dozen. There was a lot of kids. And the oldest son, teen, was the one who was raising the golden retrievers. And so, dad basically said, you know, you, you handle the transaction, and he took the rest of the family inside. And so, as, you know, he had the various puppies playing on the lawn, my kids, you know, ooing, gawing, you know, oh. Like the, oh, he's so cute. And uh, I began to, just to look around, and I noticed that in their home they had a big picture window I could see right into their living room, and Dad was sitting there in his chair, and he had all his kids surrounded around, and he had the Bible open. 
and they were intently listening to dad. And I thought to myself, you know, he's on to something. He was teaching his children about God and his wondrous works and how great he is. He's going to be, he, his dad understood the responsibility. The family understood, the parents understood the responsibility to instill in their children biblical principles and make known God that it might set them on a course to know Christ in a very personal way, to live for Jesus. And in order to do this, what I saw from this family was it was very intentional. And, and, Okay. I went the wrong way. <laughs> Forgive me. As parents, we must be intentional in pointing our children to Jesus. Notice, we will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generations of the glorious deeds of the Lord. Look, let me just give you a couple of pieces of advice. Your children will have a difficult time knowing God if you don't tell them. It's reality. They're not going to receive it from osmosis. You have to tell them and live it before them. you got to be intentional about telling people Jesus. And let me just say this. It's not the church's job alone to teach your children. In fact, you know what our job is? Is to reinforce what should already be being taught in the home. But if you want to just take your kids and drop them off, we'll take them and teach them about Jesus. But it is each parent's responsibility to point children to Jesus. We have to be intentional. what, What intentional things we can do? Well, you know, I'll be honest. Jenny and I have... we. We have tried many things in our life to try to get our family engaged in the Scriptures. Um, we, we, we'd have family Bible studies. We, we, we even tried this one time, sitting at the dinner table. We had three-by-five cards, and each of our children would write the Scriptures on them, and then we would read them. Each of them would read them. We had a big stack after a while, and we just started reading Scriptures to each other before we ate, you know, because the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we began to be intentional. We'd have family nights, and uh, we'd invite even though my, my daughter and her husband and kids, that's their own family, we'd have them come over on Thursday nights, and we'd do video Bible studies. We, would, we, we just wanted to be a family that was about pointing uh, our children and our grandchildren to a great and wonderful God who loves us. And so we've tried many things, but you have to be intentional. It has to be a priority in your life. And it's a well worth investment to teach your children about Jesus. I know today most spouses are both working, trying to raise children, and you know, then you got kids' activities, and then you got work activities, and by the end of the day, you're exhausted and you don't feel like doing anything. You got to find some energy somewhere. Maybe you got to reprioritize your schedule because teaching your children about Jesus should be at the top of the list. It's that vital 
It's that important. So wouldn't it be wonderful, moms, at the end of your life, your child says, you know, mom, I'm thankful you pointed me to Jesus. I'm thankful that you pointed me to the wonderful things God has done. I've seen it in your life, and now I see it in mine. But here's the second point. She taught me the importance of teaching spiritual truths to my children. Isn't it wonderful when you see multiple generations in church serving God together in one family? We have pictures in our family of five generations. I was young enough to meet my great-great-grandmother who was born in 1886. She died at a very old age. I was little, though, but I remember her. I remember seeing her. And uh, I remember, we took pictures. And, and, and as far as I know, she went to church, and she took my great-grandmother to church, which took my grandfather to church, which also took my mother to church. Now, granted, by the time I came around, my parents weren't churchgoers, but by the grace of God, God saved me. I started going to church, and now my parents are going to church. God has done some great things through my family, but it started in my family long ago. And it isn't wonderful that, that we can impact future generations by being intentional and taking our responsibilities, parents, serious about pointing our children to Jesus. Wouldn't you love to have that impact? Wouldn't you love to hear that your children's children and your children's children's children are serving Jesus because of your faithfulness, your walk, your intentionality of pointing your children to Jesus? Because that's what God has desired us to do. Notice, for the purpose so that our children's hope will be in God. Isn't that important? So that they should be set in, set their hope in God. We live in a society that needs a lot of hope. There's a lot of people experiencing despair, hopelessness, because they have not trusted in God. And isn't it important that we begin to, to invest in our children that they may come to know Christ and teach them that even when difficult times to, that, that come, that God can still be trusted. Even though bad things happen, God's still in charge and God still loves you. That, that, that when things of life happen, that instead of your children abandoning God, they cling to Him tightly because they witnessed it with their eyes, what you had taught and what you have done that proved to them that God is one in whom we can hope. He is our hope and He is our life. It's important we invest in our children that they may have hope in God and not flounder in this world hopeless and in despair. Also, oh, I'm sorry. It's not advancing. Oh, there we go. Thanks, Walter. 
because they couldn't take much more of that. All right, I just want to say, <laughs> did Pastor Lynn tell you that I was his best friend last week? Yeah. I don't know if I feel the same way now. No. <laughs> As I was saying, so that our children will obey God. that they won't forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Amen. Growing up, I always wanted to follow the step, in the steps of my father. My dad was a construction worker. Oftentimes, he'd come home, take off his boots, put down his work belt, and I'd follow him, and I'd try to slide my feet into his boots, and I could never lift up the tool belt, but I wanted to be like dad. I wanted to follow in his footsteps. And then as I got older, and I came to know Christ, that I no longer wanted to follow in the footsteps of my dad. I wanted to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Amen. And as a father, I, I've held to that principle that I, I don't want my children to follow in my footsteps. There's a greater set of prints that I want them to follow, and that is Jesus. Because if they follow Jesus, they're going to be okay. That, that, that they're, going to be, they're, they're, they're going to be blessed of God, that they're going to have their thoughts and minds on Him. Because, you know, I have to, parents, I don't know if you realize this or not, but you're not perfect. And your parent or your children will sure reveal that to you. It really will. I have, I have you know, my daughter who's going to be 30 in just a couple of weeks. Man, honey. Yep. <sighs> um, she's going to be 30. I call her my experimental child. You know, because we're young, a little naive. Jeannie and I got married right out of high school, our first year anniversary. We found out we were expecting, and I was in the military, and all of a sudden, here's our daughter, and I'm like, I'm, I'm 21, and I'm like, I, I've ne I don't know what to do, and, uh, and uh, so all, everything that went wrong, went wrong in my daughter, I am so thankful that she followed the footsteps of Jesus, Whew. but she does have my stubbornness. She does have, well, her and I are a lot alike, and uh, through the teenage years, it was tough because we were so much alike. We had butt, butt heads, and, uh, but I'm so thankful she moved out. Our relationship is so much better. <laughs> uh, married life has been good to her, and I may have used, I hope you have children just like you, <laughs> but I digress, but I want my children to obey God. But parents, we understand that, that we're not perfect, but we have a God that's perfect. And our desire is that they would follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Because you see, we don't want them to make the same mistakes of previous generations. I mean, isn't it a parent's desire that our children would not repeat the mistakes that we've made? And the only way I know how to do that is point them to Jesus. Now, from this point in the psalm downward has a lot of failings in Israel. 
That, that, that this wouldn't be a generation as they teach their children that would be like their forefathers that were rebellious, stubborn, hard-headed, that it was better to obey God and receive blessing than be a disobedience and face the consequences. Thankfully, in all of this, what the psalmist declares is that we have a God who forgives and a God who gives second chances and a God who loves us even in our stubbornness. But we teach our children that they will not fail like previous generations. But I can guarantee you this, if you don't teach your children about the things of God, then that generation will be just a little bit further from God. And then when their children come, we'll be just that much further of God. And when their ch- that children sh- starts hearing things about God, it's like, why do I need them? My parents didn't live for them. They didn't show that we needed him. So you see, by what we do can make a tremendous impact in our children's lives. And we want our our. our our families, and our coming generations to know God, to follow in His footsteps, to trust Him every step of the way in good times and bad. And we can set our children on a course to live in such a way. Parents, it is our responsibility. So moms, what legacy? Dads, what legacy do we want to leave with our children? That at the end of our life, our children can say, you know, mom and dad, they love Jesus. They weren't perfect, but they love Jesus. And they always, in everything they did, pointed us to him. And they instilled in us the Scriptures, the principles of God, that sometimes was difficult for even them to live, but they, 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 they tried. They, you know, went on this great endeavor to live according to God, and they instilled it in us, and, and, and I, I've seen the impact in their life, in our family's life. I'm going to instill it in my children's life. And that their children would then say the same thing about them. And from generation and generation would pass. That would be a great legacy. But that legacy will not happen if we are not intentional in pointing our children to Jesus. Our world's a mess. We have a lot of elementary, junior high, high school teachers in our congregation, and sometimes they hear their stories about children, and then they meet the parents, <laughs> and they say, oh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Wouldn't it be a blessing that when your children go out into the world that you have confidence You've given them all that you could do. Of course, they have the choice to follow or not. But to know that they will stand on the side of God and on God's principles. You can leave 
such a legacy. So what can you do today to leave such a legacy? Well, let me ask you, do you pray with your children? I mean, it seems so simple. Pray with your children. Teach them to pray. I love my little grandson's prayer. I close my eyes, I hold my hands. I can't remember the rest. But that's what he begins with. It's awesome. And he begins to pray. And it's cute when they do it, but you know, as he gets older, he'll see the necessity of continuing that prayer life. Have you ever just simply read the Bible to your children? You'd be amazed of what they retain. Don't be shy. And you know, parents, I know sometimes we get scared that our kids may ask us a question we can't answer. You know, that's okay. Because you know what you can tell them? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. It's okay. I love inquisitive children because they want to know. So just, just start reading to your children. How about coming together and worshiping as a family? I, mean, I love to see, you know, the, the kids and, you know, the grandkids coming to church and standing next to mom, dad, or grandparents worshiping together. I, I don't want to embarrass them. I just thought of me, but like the Schultz family, I love the Schultz family. But, you know, even their son is playing guitar, worshiping at such a young age. Praise God. And uh, our children are vital. They're important. We have the opportunity to teach them about God. There are so many just simple things to do. How about just making a commitment this morning that, you know, in our house, we're going to at least have, through all the business, have one day, one evening as a family, that we're going to spend time together with God, right? So, we might, we might do a little Bible study together. We might pray. We might, you know, and it ended off with some activity or something, but we're just going to spend time as a family. We're going to, we're going to invest in Jesus. Our kids are going to see, because if we don't make it important in our lives, they're not going to make it important in theirs. There's so many little things that we can do. And I know there's going to be times where we feel like we're failing. But just strive to be consistent. You'll be amazed at the impact that you can make in your children's life. Moms, what legacy do you want to leave? I pray that your children will grow up and the best compliment you can receive is not that you're the greatest cook or even that my mom loved me unconditionally, but she introduced me to my Savior, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful, wonderful blessing. So this morning as we stand together, I'm going to ask you to stand. Moms, dads, what legacy will you leave this morning? Perhaps it's just simply the decision to take a simple step to point your children to Jesus. And may I also add that maybe you think, well, you know, my, 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 my kids are teenagers. 
and I've yet to, to do any of this, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to start. Invest in your children. Teach them what great things God has done. Understand its importance and leave a legacy that will impact generation after generation. So this morning, if you just want to make the commitment to start with something small, prayer, Bible study, family time, together worship in church consistently, what, whatever it, it may be, however God may be speaking to your heart, begin with that step. We have a saying in my family, how do you need an elephant? One bite at a time. It's better just to start small than take a big you know, chunk. I'm going to do this, 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 and this, because you know what's going to happen? You're going to overwhelm yourself, and you'll never complete any of it. Just begin with a simple step and decide to do that with your children today. But as we close these services, I do want to give an opportunity that even though we are celebrating mom and we're thinking about things that we can invest in our children, that they can pursue Christ with their whole heart, with whole mind, with their whole spirit. But the reason we celebrate mom, the why the family is so important, why we love to come together as a church family and to worship is because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. You see, we're here this morning because Jesus loves us and He gave His life for us, that if we would turn away from our sins, that we would repent and confess and believe with all our heart that Jesus is our Savior, that He is the Son of God, and He's not dead, but He is risen, He's alive. We are promised in the Scriptures that all who call upon Him shall be saved. And maybe you're here this morning, and you've yet to cry out to Jesus to save you. I want to give you that opportunity. You can come to the altar. I would love to pray alongside with you or our lead pastor to pray alongside you. Or even if you're here today and you know the Lord is your Savior, but you want to, you know, you're convicted in your heart that you need to take that next step. Maybe you need baptism. Maybe you'd like to unite with our church that we can labor together to advance the gospel, to support the families, we would love for you to come. We would love for you to follow whatever direction God is leading you to do. Will you follow? Because when you follow God's direction, just think about what your children will see what future children will experience. Follow Jesus today. I'm going to lead us in prayer. And if you'd like to come, our lead pastor will be here to pray with you if you so wish. If you'd like to join our church, you can speak with him as well. But let us pray together. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for our moms. Lord, for loving us for caring for us, for nurturing us. And Father, we thank You for Your Word that encourages us to invest in our families, to invest in our children. 
Lord, we need your wisdom and your grace. We need your counsel as we try to pour into our children that they will follow in your steps. Father, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for giving each of us the opportunity to come to know you. Father, there might be those that are here today that, Lord, that, that they're burdened, they're convicted about following you. Lord, I pray that you'll just simply surrender. If it's a mom who's wondering, how can I leave a legacy? Maybe just simply encouraging that mom to begin with prayer. Father, maybe there's an individual here today that has come and they want to know you and perhaps a little resistant of crying out to you for them to save you. Lord, I pray that you'll pour out your mercy and grace upon that one, that they will cry to you and that they'll be saved today. Father, if there's families here that want to come and unite with our church, be part of our church family, Lord, I pray that they'll come that they'll just follow your desire for their lives. But ultimately, Lord, we pray that you will receive all the honor and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.